what do you love about youth group again? <laughs> uh, I like I like the openness of it. Honestly, I like seeing people that I know because like you can talk to everyone. I don't know, I kind of just like the atmosphere. I do like the games that youth group, they're fun. Yes, the stories are interesting, but the worship for me is the best part. Yeah, probably like friends or the tuck shop or... <laughs> and we do worship together, or big games. It's awesome to be able to talk to people. No one, no one like excludes you. What I like about youth group is that you can just, it's very welcoming, you can just let your personality shine and everyone, no one's gonna criticize you. Everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna be part of the fun. The most recent ones, just because they're so like different than what we've been learning. Like, like the ghosts and Yeah, like the demons and ghosts, because that's not something that we usually talk about. Last year's retreat, you were talking about how there, you always have like a rock in your life. Jesus should be like the rock on the bottom of the pile. Like, so you gave us a rock, and then we would go into like the station and we'd wash the rock and polish it and make it super clean. You would like write someone's name on. I, I still have that rock somewhere in my room. Just that God is powerful over everything and it doesn't matter what it is. I like the one with the verses taped around like the that one was good. Yeah. And then we just kinda had time to go around and read the verses and we also had the option to put a piece of tape on the verses that really stuck out to us. My favorite part about the breakfast is that you can feel like you're making a difference. I like it because it's like a different way of like serving God. Yeah, I agree, it's a good way to like serve God. When I was going around and helping people and I would bring their food to them or just bring them a coffee, they would always seem a little bit more happy as soon as it came. I know most of the people that go to Forest View so I can see, oh yeah, these people are just coming because they go to Forest View, but then you can kind of see the people that are in the community around. It's busy, but it's like, Organized, like there's a lot going on, but like there's a system to everything. Yeah, it feels kind of cool. You can make an impact on someone else's life. Mm -hmm. And like you see, like they're all just kind of coming together. They sit at tables with each other. Like it's not like they have these little groups. Like they stick with the people they know. Like they talk to everybody, and it's cool to kind of have that environment. It feels good because I know I'm serving God, and that I'm just all around helping. Ooh, it's going. Oh, go get in it. Welcome to Forest View. Welcome to Forest View. Uh, hey, let's just begin with a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for um, young people. God, thank you that you continuously remind us through them that there is beauty and newness in your creation and that there is so much glory that is happening between the young people happening in this area and in the rest and to the ends of the earth. Uh, God, I pray that as we gather together this morning that we would celebrate the fact that young people are here and they're growing, God. And God, I pray that we would, as a church family, really just come behind that and, and, and support and gather together. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just pray for this morning that we would be able to uh, as a church family, support the youth ministry in all ways that are possible. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. 
Welcome to Forest View this morning. In case you haven't been told or noticed from the you know, various young people that have been around, we have uh, somewhat taken over, which is a great thing to happen. Um, and I feel, you know, so I'm the youth pastor here. I'm the youth director here at Forest View. And uh, I have preached a couple of times before. And, you know, I remember when I was preparing for it, I felt like a little bit, like I felt really like this is a big deal. But because I, I, was, I was preaching as sort of just one of a large list of series. But like this is the youth service, and so like I can't like I didn't even I didn't even read my message beforehand. I just came up slowly, like, just l- nice and relaxed because it's just it's going to be a little bit more of a relaxed night. Because what I'm not hoping for us, what I'm not hoping is just to have another message, um, and then we all go home, you know, unchanged or different. But I'm hoping that we as a group can talk a little bit about what is youth ministry, what is youth ministry in general, and what are you doing with our kids, Jefferson. That's sort of my hope for us this morning. Um, so youth ministry is somewhat of a phenomenon, believe it or not. It's not something that uh, has existed for as long as the church has. It's actually somewhat of a newer thing. And it started around 50 or 60 years ago in churches because what happened was a lot of young uh, people were walking away from the faith. Uh, the church sort of looked around at itself and it said, hey, you know what, like, there are droves and droves and droves of young people who are no longer being a part of the church. What's going on here? And so youth ministry almost came as a responsive way, uh, as like a band-aid. It said, hey, like, there's a lot of young people who are leaving. This is what we should do. We should get a young pastor to minister to those young people, and then they won't stop leaving. That's a great way to deal with it. And then out of this movement, youth ministries sort of took on two very distinctive uh, traits. And the first one wasn't everywhere. This wasn't everywhere. But there was a, a trait or just a very strong focus on let's be crazy and wild. Because the idea is, is like, you know, like, oh, why are young people leaving? I don't know, maybe church is boring. Like, so we'll just do a bunch of really crazy stuff, like, you know, during the youth group. And then like, they'll th- like young people will think, yes, like church isn't boring. It's, it's cool. Like, look at all the cool things you're doing. And so many, many of us have seen youth rooms with, you know, spray paints all over the wall and, you know, lots of posters. And, th- and this is sort of the, the emphasis or strong focus that was working through so many churches in North America. Um, Legend has it that at the church that I grew up in, there was a game that they played that was called Frozen Fish Head Hockey. And the way that you would play Frozen Fish Head Hockey is you would get a frozen fish head. And then you would, you, you would use it. I know, can, can you believe it? Um, and then you would use it as a puck. And then the idea was, as time went on, like you'd be playing, and at the beginning it wouldn't really do anything because it was a puck and it was frozen, um, but as time went on, eventually we get more and more thawed, and so as you were, like, you know, making hard passes or taking slap shots, like, pieces of this fish would just start flying everywhere as you were playing this game, and this, to youth pastors, was genius. Like, the, 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 to them, this was the greatest thing. Like, oh, you know what will keep young people? If we just do really, really bizarre and crazy things, then they're just going to be like, oh, man, youth is cool, and, and so I guess I'll be a Christian now. Like, I, that, was, that was sort of the, the translation. I, um, I'm, I'm kidding in part. Like, there was certainly a focus on doing things that were crazy. I remember being even at Tyndale, um, which is where I did my uh, degree in youth ministry. And 
the professors there who were all sort of these very weathered youth pastors would tell us about these bizarre stories that they did with their church and sort of like, oh, to wow us. Like we had one prof and he would begin, he'd say, I remember my first day of youth, we brought the kids in and we did bobbing for apples in the baptismal tank. Ha, 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 ha. Look, that's youth ministry. Ha, that all, you know. And it just, uh, there's began to get pushed the stigma that as long as we can entertain young people, that is going to do the job. And, and lo and behold, it didn't. Uh, I don't know if any of you are following statistics today or numbers today or are looking around you today, but we are missing more young people in the church than in the church's history. And, that's, and that's, it's funny because we've invested so much time and energy and thought into getting young people into the church by getting youth pastors, getting people to go to school. Whole universities are creating programs to become a youth minister. And, and I've told people from the very beginning, like, they just talk about the most bizarre stuff when you go to Tyndale and other schools like that to teach you about youth ministry. One class I was in, they brought us in. This was Introduction to Youth Ministry. And they sat us around and they said, you know, um, get into groups, get into groups of two or three. And so, like, we were all, like, it's our first year, we're all excited about youth ministry, so we're all, like, getting in our groups of two or three, and the prof says, okay, here's what happened. You showed up to youth. You didn't prepare anything. But you look into your office, and you see a toilet plunger, a roll of toilet paper, and a pineapple. Create a youth program with that. That was the class! <laughs> that was the class! And it was just, I remember just being like, thinking to myself, like, this is what youth ministry is? Like, this, is, this is, can't be what I signed up for. Something has got to be missing. Uh, another, I, I mentioned earlier that when youth ministry sort of began as this big, wild, you know, endeavor in the Western church, that there were two main traits that really took over this movement. And the one was sort of this crazy, wacky, can we just do bizarre things and hopefully that will somehow get young people into the church. And the second thing that really became an emphasis, and this may be because of our Western culture, this may be just because of the movement of young people, but there began to be an emphasis on can we really make sure that young people have a thriving relationship with Jesus. And that hurt us. And I'll explain to you why. Throughout the Western, without, within just the Western church, we have placed a unique view of how one is to grow in their faith that would have been completely alien to the writers of the Bible. We pushed, we shoved this idea in the Western world that as long as we can push personal Bible study and, and you know, these great devotionals at home, um, you know, as long as we can make sure that kids every night before they go to bed are praying these vibrant prayers by themselves. You know, you saw what Hazel had prepared here. As long as kids are praying that right before they go to bed, then, man, we are going to have an army of young people just take over the church in a couple of years. And it, we're still waiting on that army. We began to push an intense, self 
self-sufficient or attempt to be self-sufficient means of spiritual growth on young people, which for some people was amazing. For some people, that's exactly how they grow. That's exactly how they thrive, and they found such life in the fact that they could open up a, a Bible and just read and read and read and read and grow in their faith. And that began to create a lot of goodness for some people, but not for everyone. And I wonder if we're missing something. And, and so because this is sort of, uh, that was the way that youth ministries began. You know, they had these really strong two focuses. You know, one, are they, you know, are they really, really crazy? And two, are they, you know, really, really pushing kids to have a personal relationship with Jesus? And that's what we're pushing. Go home, read a devotional. You know, go home, pray this prayer, read the Bible, you know, something good like that. Uh, and that was the two focuses. And so, um, well-known youth ministry expert, uh, Chap Clark, had this to say. He said, you know, youth ministries didn't really know uh, how to evaluate if they were doing a good or bad job, and so they had the four S's. They had the four S's of youth ministry, and it was, well, is your youth ministry going well? Well, yeah, it's going well because, one, they show up. That's good. We want youth to show up to our Wednesday night youth program. So, one, they show up. We know our youth group's good because they show up. Two, they sit down. You know, youth, come, sit down sit down and listen to me. And that brings us to our third one. They shut up when I'm talking about my amazing message that I've prepared in the car ride to youth group. Shut up. I'm going to teach now. And then four, they smile. They walk out of there. They're smiling. They're happy because we just had a great youth program and they're going to come back the next week. But unfortunately, this method of youth ministry seems to, if I'm speaking bluntly, have done a lot more damage than good. Not to say that doing crazy things is bad. Crazy things are fun. Sometimes I do crazy things at youth group. Uh, earlier in the year, we had this analogy. Um, you may have even seen a clip of it in the screen where we uh, had students, we were going to talk about the blender of life. And so this blender represented your life. And we put all these great ingredients in, you know, milk and ice cream and cream and strawberries and all these delicious things. And we blended it all up. And I said, look how good your life is when you fill it with good things. You know, sugar represents prayer. You know, ice cream represents more prayer. You know, just <laughs> all these really, really, really great things. And then I blended it and I'd pass it around. Hey, guys, try this. Try this milkshake. Isn't your life so tasty? And then, because we happened to have a bunch of leftover hot peppers from the breakfast project the day before, I had put all these hot peppers in. I was like, this is sin! And I started shoveling that into this blender and blending it all up. And you know what, youth? Here's, okay, so here's a piece of advice in case you ever are sitting here and you're like, maybe I want to be a youth pastor. If you challenge youth to something, they'll, they'll stand up. So I remember, like, my point of this, obviously, was that no one likes a hot pepper smoothie. And I was like, see, this is so bad. It tastes so bad. I'm putting all these into it. I'm pouring a cup. I'm like, would anyone drink this? One kid will always get up and be like, that's not so bad. It's not virtually all right. And you're like, you're, listen, it's bad. Like, <laughs> so if you want to be youth pastors, that's what you can go do. Um, so no, doing weird things, it's good. Weird things are funny. They create memories. That's nice. It's not bad. It's a great thing. And, and, and obviously pushing students to have a personal uh, relationship with Jesus, that's, that's good too. That's, 
I would say probably a very important part of youth ministry. You want to be emphasizing youth having a vibrant relationship with Jesus. But I think what we're missing in that is a third ingredient. I think what we're missing in that is a third ingredient. So I want to, dare I say, get biblical. Let's look at a passage from the Gospel of John. Uh, This is John chapter 15. And John's gospel uh, is full of lots of I am's. It's full of lots of I am's. Jesus talks to his disciples. He says all sorts of things. He says, I am the door. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so he says all of these I am's. And, And this one here is, I am the true vine. And this passage goes like this. I am the true vine. And my father, he is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branches cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is a passage that if you were to look at at the same lens or through the same lens that we have been describing youth ministries being like, you would end up with a very strong, look, see, you are a beautiful little branch and you are connected to Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful picture? You being this little branch sprouting out some fruit, being connected to the vine that is Jesus. And you get all these people, you know, you get like their Instagram posts of them being, you know, I'm doing my devotional, snap, all right, you know. You get this emphasis of it's about us growing uniquely by ourselves with Jesus. But when you look at the, the, I can't believe I'm saying this because I remember when I was doing my Greek class at Tyndale, I was like, this class is useless. But when you look at the Greek, Each one of these yous in this passage, see, Greek's a unique language, or I mean, every language is unique, but this language here, um, it works differently than English, and in it, see, for us in English, you could be singular and plural, right? Hey, you all, or hey, all of you, or you there, come here and serve. That's what I said to a bunch of youth as they came in the door this morning. Hey, you there, come serve. Um, And then I can say you all, like, which is both different senses. And the, and, but in Greek, it, like, the word will actually attach to it exactly, uh, it will have an ending on the end of the word that will tell you if it is singular or plural. Every single one of these yous is plural. Jesus isn't saying, hey, you there. Doug, is that your name? Hey, you, you're a branch. You remember that? Good. Awesome. Christy, you? Is that your name? Christy, you? You're a branch. Got it? Be branches. He's saying to the crowd, he's saying, all of you, you're all the branches. You all together. In, in Jesus' mind, he's not thinking to himself, okay, I've got my, my, you know, my, my one branch here, my one branch here. He's saying, you all together are the branches. 
In fact, and, and if you even take this analogy further, if you were to take Jesus' analogy and run with it a little bit, if you were to see a tree with just one branch, you might wonder to yourself, there's something kind of wrong with this tree. There's something, this, this can't be right. It can't be right if it's just one branch. He's saying to everyone, you are a collection of branches. Branches don't exist by themselves. And when we focus on the singular, when we make youth ministry or just church ministry in all of its entirety, all about us having these vibrant personal faith lives, we're missing the fact that when Jesus came and almost through the entire biblical narrative, Jesus brings faith to community. He brings it to a gathering. He brings it to people groups. There is power in the spirit that moves when two or three gather in my name. And when we as a youth ministry come together, we're not selling to students, hey, make sure when you, when you leave here tonight that you've got your little Bible or you've got your little thing or whatever. You're going home, have your personal little, Jesus loves me and that's great. Because then we're competing with everything else in the world that could, that, that could be done in your own time. But what he's saying is we are emphasizing that you are a people group that is blessing and moving into the world for the goodness of God's kingdom. You together are not out there on your own. You're not, we're not just going to like, you know, here's your, you know, seven or six or seven years that you spend in youth ministry, you kick you out, go to university, be a good Christian. Like it's not, it's not that. You have been part of a family. You're part of a family. I was, um, I was at a, can you believe before I worked at a, at here, I was a family pastor. Can you believe that? Me talking to, you know, children, children, children. And um, as opposed to, you know, youth children. So, I was, you know, it was a Baptist church, and I was speaking to someone, and I said, you know, I think I get the whole thought behind infant baptism. He's like, oh, no, that's sin. And I was like, no, I think I, I, I think I get it. Like, uh, the idea is not, you know, like, it's not, it's not the same image as the believer's baptism that we celebrate, uh, you know, in, in the Protestant tradition. We're, it's, it's, until you choose to not be part of this family, you are part of the family. And that's what I want to emphasize in our youth ministry. You are not an individual vine onto yourself doing your own thing. You are a collection of many vines for the goodness of God's kingdom, whether that's here, whether that's the rest of the GTA, or to the ends of the world. That is what we are, a collection of branches for the goodness of God's kingdom. And I'll tell you, as a, um, as a youth minister here at, uh, in Forest View, the most success I've ever had is when I've connected the youth ministry into already existing parts of the Forest View body. When we've connected together, when we've, when we've brought things together, that's where we've seen beautiful fruit come through. Uh, and so this is the part of the message where I'm going to ask you to uh, participate in something. Um, but before we do that, why don't we look at the screen? Do you remember the session where we all went to the crow's nest and we all wrote prayers down? Yes. What was that like? Um, kind of weird if I'm gonna be honest. 
but almost everyone got up and they went down and they all looked around at the prayers. Because I didn't, I like took a piece of paper because you were supposed to and I like didn't expect to really have anything and then I was just writing and it was just kind of like stuff was coming into my head and then I filled up like almost the entire paper and I was like, hmm. I liked our worship session a lot and I liked when we got to just do that, um, like read those prayers and make your own. It felt like an environment that I could do this in because it was nice and quiet and almost everybody was doing it. The devotional time was kind of just like you on your own, like no one was talking, it was like really quiet and it was kind of nice to like just go off on your own and have your own time with God. I liked it because it was quiet and then like, then you feel more connected to God. Uh, it felt good to just, it feels good like to actually like think about what's been happening at like school and uh, like in like my hockey. And you don't have to like say it right away because when you pray out loud you have to like think right away. But here you can like reflect more. <laughs> my favorite prayers were probably Jonah's prayer which was the one for salvation and David's prayer the one for total surrender. Are you guys nervous about the idea of someone having like reading your prayer that you wrote? Yeah. Yes and no. Mm, sort of. But not really. Because I knew people would be praying for me with that exact prayer. Kind of, kind of not. What do you mean? Like, if, like, because it's my thoughts and like what's going on, it's kind of weird giving it to someone else, but um, and it's, I like it that I'll be able to know that someone's praying for me and that's really cool, I really like that. Yeah, it's comforting to know yeah. that someone else out there is praying for you, but it's also kind of putting yourself out there. Is, mm -hmm. makes me Was it the first time ever you guys had written down a prayer? Yeah. Someone can pray for me and that's really cool. This is something that, you know, I found kind of important. <laughs> I wrote it and I kind of looked at it for a second and I was like, I, and I like read it over a couple of times and I was like, this kind of, like, this makes sense, but I didn't know that that's what, like, I was gonna write. There was this ongoing joke at the fall retreat. Uh, you may have saw on the screen that there were all these, you can even see right now, you can see all the, each team has a little, you know, um, a board that they're holding that says their team name. And so we were making this ongoing joke. The team that's in last place should have this sign. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> we stink. No, um, no team stinks. Um, so 
we gathered together. We brought all of our students together during a personal devotional time at the Farmer Tree, and we, and you maybe even saw on the screen some of the explanation behind that. But there was prayers on the wall of all these different prayers throughout Scripture. And I said to the students, I said, if you want someone to pray for you, then now is your chance. But it'll take some time. Write your own prayer. Write your own prayer. Read these prayers on the walls, but write your own prayer. Whatever it is, whether you're in a point of celebration or a point of difficulty, write your own prayer. Make it, make it be honest, be true, put your name on it and give it to me. Uh, and then if you really want a prayer partner, uh, have a picture taken of you holding this sign. Pray for me. Uh, and so we collected all those and we did this session and we collected all these people, all these young people in our church in Forest View who wanted prayer and who asked for prayer. And then we made it, we collected them, we made these little packages, we put in each package. Well, I made sure to connect with parents, because plan to protect, right? We gotta make sure parents are okay with this. So we put the pictures of the kids into this package, we connect with the parents, we put their prayers in, we put, and we also have a little bit of an instruction manual. And then we closed it. And there's only one for each student. And so what I wanna do is after the service, I'm gonna invite you, there's a table in the back where you can take a package. And, and you'll, you know, and if, if you have a kid that, you know, a youth kid, not a kid kid, if you got a youth kid who signed up for this prayer, you know they signed up for the prayer, and you'll know because I will have messaged you over email in the past couple of weeks, make sure to quickly just look on the other side of the package before you take one, um, because it will have the name of the student. We don't want you to get your own kid. We don't want you to get home, and you're all excited to open it. You! Like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't want that. You want, because you know Why? Because you, you guys, if you're a parent, you're a true youth pastor. But what we want for you is to be that for somebody else. We want you to be a branch for someone else. And you know what you do when you, like sometimes, and this is what I've heard, I'm not a good gardener. So if you're a gardener, you could be like, Jefferson, you're wrong. But I hear that sometimes when one branch is hurting, you can do something where you tie it to another. I don't know if that's true. But <laughs> do it. Because you're going to get this picture of this kid, and I'm hoping that you're going to put it on your fridge or on a nightstand or something just to remind you that this kid is depending on you to pray for them. And that maybe on Sunday, when you see them, you might say, hey, I'm praying for you. Maybe around Christmas, maybe you'll say, hey, I'm praying for you, and I got you this gift card. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm hoping for is that you're going to is that this young person will feel like there is a, a member of their family who cares for them, who isn't just mom and dad or the youth pastor, the guy who's paid to love them, but there is someone who actively is caring for them. And so we're doing a system where we're going to put, if you're, if you're a man, you're going to get a boy. If you're a woman, you're going to get a girl. We're going to try and keep it gender to gender. And we're going to hope that you are going to take that package home and pray diligently for one full year. So that's so the day that you can stop is Monday, November 25th, 2019. No. Thank you. It is 2019, because it's 2018 right now.
Okay. You can keep praying to 2020 or whatever it is, but that's on you. Um, and, and so one last announcement. It seems that, you know, a lot of people make jokes about I'm over time here. Ah, I'm over time. Anyway, so here's this last announcement. There's 20. We got 20. 20 packages. And if you look around, there's more than 20 of you. Um, and, and, and I know it's a big ask and that perhaps you, maybe as a family, you might adopt one as a family together. Hey, as we as a family, we're going to take this one kid and we're going we're gonna, to, you know, prayerfully adopt this one kid into our family. Um, if you get back there and it's already, and they're out, there's a waiting list. Put your name on the list and we'll continue to invite students to be part of this. And then you might get a call or an email from me in December or January or February that says someone's available. But then you have to pray from that year onwards. You can't just end at the same time that everyone else is ending, okay? Like you have to go the whole, you have to go the whole way. So that's what, I want, that's what I ask of you today. That's what I ask of you, Forest View. Please, please respond. Let me close in a word of prayer. Don't go back there until the end of the service, please. Um, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for these young people. God, I thank you for um, every soul who decided, yes, I'd like prayer. For every, for every heart that said, God, I want to be involved in this family. And God, play, pray, I pray for God, the people who are in this room who felt in their heart a pull to go answer that prayer. You know, as Boaz prayed for the, the, the benefit of Ruth, but then fulfilled it out himself, God, I pray that same spirit on us, that we would be answering our own prayers, going to the back, adopting prayerfully and committing for a year. Lord God, I pray for our young, our young people. I pray that you would use such damaged tools like us to be effective for the spreading of the gospel in the young people in Oakville, in Halton, and to the ends of the earth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.